Christmas joy, Christmas peace to you from God, our Father, and the child of Bethlehem, Jesus Christ. Our meditation this morning is taken from the Christmas Gospel, Luke chapter 2. Listen to verses 6 and 7. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So far, our text. Okay, take a deep breath. You did it. Not only did you survive Christmas Eve, but you also had the spiritual fortitude to return here to God's house today two days later. And once again, you cleaned up the kids and you outfitted your family in Sunday morning or Christmas finery. You pried everyone away from the Christmas presents and off to church you went. Way to go. I'm proud of you. And God is proud of you too. But now that you are here, it's time to get down to the real business of Christmas once again. So peek into the manger one more time. Do you see him? Do you see him snuggled there so deeply in the straw? Take a good long look at that child because now I've got a question for you. And the question is this, what makes that baby so special? And he is special. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Special enough to generate $40 billion of Yuletide economy. Special enough for you to decorate your home on the inside and decorate your home on the outside. Special enough for you to enjoy a meal or two in his honor. Special enough to dress up and brave the roads on a cold winter's morning what is it that makes this baby so special? Well, it must be because who this baby is, right? And you know he's the Son of God. He's the Word made flesh. The Holy Spirit visited Mary, and she had an incarnation. This baby is not your regular ordinary, run-of-the-mill infant, is he? No, you know, this baby is both God and man, wrapped up in one nice swaddling bundle. Yeah, that's right, the Christ child. He must be special because of who he is. And yet, even though Jesus is the Son of God and God himself, what if he'd never left Nazareth? I mean, that's where he ends up after Bethlehem. That's where he grows up. That's where he lives most of his earthly life. What if he never left his hometown, content to be the stepson of a carpenter and then a carpenter himself, happily living the quiet life, turning out tables and chairs and wooden toys for the neighborhood kids? I mean, what if Jesus never went to the Jordan? to be baptized by John? What if Jesus never preached or, or gathered disciples or, or healed the sick or fed the poor? And heaven forbid, what if Jesus never went to the cross? Yes, he's the son of God, but if Jesus doesn't grow up to do these things, 
you wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be celebrating. No, Christmas joy is generated not only because of who Jesus is, but especially of what he's done for you. A couple weeks ago, I was working at my desk. The phone rang. It was one of our Peace in Christ college students. And, and this, is, this is what she said. Pastor, I'm sitting here with my friends, and we're talking about religion, and I have a few questions. <laughs> I said, bring it. <laughs> Ask me what you want. Her first question was this. She said, is Gandhi in heaven? <laughs> and, and here her parents thought they were wasting tuition money, right? Okay, and then, then her second question was this. How is Christianity different from other religions? Well, I don't know if Gandhi's in heaven or not. I can't read human hearts. Only God uh, knows that. Yeah, I have my suspicions, right? But I do know the answer to the second question because the reason that Christianity is uniquely different from all other faiths is this. All other religions have a way to salvation that depends upon a person's own work, their own sweat equity, their own efforts, all of them. Muslims must obey the five pillars of Islam. Buddhists must follow the eightfold path. Hindus work uh, toward the goal of increased karma and then reincarnation, and the list goes on. But Christianity is different. Your salvation not dependent at all upon what you uh, can manufacture, no. For you, heaven depends completely, absolutely, solely, totally upon what that babe in the manger grows up to do for you. And that's why you still celebrate today. The child born among the sheep and visited by shepherds, he is the sacrificial lamb, isn't he? Mary's baby replaces the manger with a cross. God's son spills his perfect blood on that cross. And that's the only thing that erases your sins and my sins in God's sight. Not the fact that you're Missouri Synod Lutheran, although you think that would count, right? Not because you tried your best or, or because of your goodness or your cheery disposition or your best intentions or mine uh, either, nah, only what Jesus did for you that matters. Only that Jesus died for you, that's what matters. That's what makes the baby special. And that's why we celebrate today. I'm going to let you in on something else, and there's no charge for this. Consider it my Christmas present to you. Christianity is also different because it's the only religion that has an empty tomb. It's true. I mean, think about it. Muhammad is buried in the courtyard of a mosque in Medina. Confucius is buried in the Kung Forest in China. Gandhi's ashes are buried at the Rajgat Palace in India. But the grave of the babe of Bethlehem is empty. You're not going to find him there, and that is reason for you to join both the Christmas and the Easter angels today and celebrate like you never have before. Last Thursday, the day before Christmas Eve, 
I visited a lady who has recently been diagnosed with stage four cancer. Just a great gal. And we, we, had, a, we had a good talk. She was just so sad. You know, she kept saying that, Pastor, I, I, I'm just so sad. Not because she was uh, afraid of dying. She's, she's not. But she felt that she was letting her family down and that uh, this year might be her last Christmas with the ones that she loved the most. Well, what do you think we talked about? We didn't avoid the obvious. We talked about cancer. We talked about death. We didn't talk about her blessings, though, although she has many. We didn't talk about getting her some medication for her sadness. I mean, it's okay for her to be sad. I'd, I'd be sad, too. No, we talked about Christmas. We talked about why God sent Jesus to this world in the first place. We talked about Good Friday. We talked about Easter. We talked about that family reunion in the life to come that will be absolutely knock your socks off. Amazing. There is a baby in the manger still today. He is the Son of God, and God sent Jesus to blow the doors off death on an Easter morning, and that's what the child grew up to do. He sends that gravestone rolling down the hill, doesn't he? He brushes death aside. He steps on it. He kills death on an Easter dawn, and not just for himself. He gets rid of death for you and for me and for anyone who believes in his name. So when Jesus promises Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life, he who believes in me will live even though they die, not empty words, not just religious speak or pious platitudes or wishful thinking. No, on Easter morning, the Son of God, that baby, simply and powerfully makes every word come true. So gather at the manger one more time this year, but don't forget to look behind the manger because if you look closely enough, you'll see a cross and you'll see that grave with no one in it. Both cross and grave are waiting for Jesus to grow up, to do what he was born to do. That's why this child is so special and that's why we celebrate. So I'm proud of you. You went to a lot of trouble to come to God's house today. Soon you'll head home again. You know, try on that new bathrobe one more time. Play with some of the kids' new toys. Sample what's left of the leftovers. Let the laughter and the flow, uh, the, the love keep on flowing. But do it all to the praise and glory of the manger, child. You know who he is. And you know what he will do for you. Amen. And the peace in Christ that